In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure: cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, that's the LLS, will host a trailblazing event. Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbV, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony, and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org/slash/bigclimb. Play your music in the sun and get your lovin' on the run. It's episode fifty-six of Welcome to the Hit Show. Today's guests include a picker, a grinner, a lover, a sinner, Astros beat writer Jake Kaplan, a joker, a smoker, a midnight toker, and some guy named Maurice. Welcome to the Hit Show. Oh my gosh! I actually love this one because I actually love that song. <laughs> you must not be keeping up with my Instagram story if you still love this I, song. I don't know if I follow you on Instagram. Uh, not on purpose. Your gain, if you haven't. I have why are you slowly take, going why are you taking it out street. on this song? What's wrong with it? Um, uh, well, the short version, which I'm sure makes for great podcast fodder. Um, You know those thirty-day challenges where people will be like, "Day one, pick a song that makes you sad. Day two, a song that reminds you." I'm high so school. over those. The day, ten, the ten-day challenge Me of too. being a mom. Post a picture of your kid. I'm just like, I can't. This Hate challenge, just staying alive right now and not killing my family, is a challenge enough. I don't need you to put something else on me. But okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. Precisely. So I started a thirty-day challenge, and the first one was pick a song about uh, space cowboys. And the second day was pick a song about being called a gangster of love, and the third day was pick a song about. And they're all this song. So literally every day, it's like this song every day for thirty days. Uh, then I got to the end of the thirty, or I got to the thirtieth day, pretended that I couldn't, that I'd lost track, and I started over. <laughs> okay, here's my question. I, I'll start following you just just because I feel the need Don't. to It, witness this myself, but. Is any does, Once a week do, is how many people keep up with what where your head is at? Like how many people can actually follow your stream yeah. of consciousness? I I've had threats on my life about this song about the Joker by Steve Miller. I've been accused of terrorism. I've been somebody did a wellness check on me. <laughs> like right, but I mean, do people uh, like? Just in life in general, like sometimes I read your Twitter feed oh. and I'm like, I don't what it, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. Are it, Am I in the minority, or is it a special select group of people that understand where you're, what you're doing um, in your head and on social media? Just curious. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to answer you that know? question. I think you, I think you were. I think probably most people are right about where you are. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
that's always that's always kind of been the case. When I was making music, I was not like you know I was never going to be in a top forty. But you know, I had you're definitely not small. I had a small group of people that got it. I am like the craft beer of uh, of of whatever it is that I do. I guess. Well, I'll tell you. Even though I don't understand it, I appreciate it because I feel like everyone, you know, do your own thing, right? And it's you're crazy and so am I, but in a very different way. So just keep, keep doing you, Levi. Just don't expect me to understand it all. Okay. Deal. Deal. Okay. All right. Let's talk some baseball. Let's do it. So speaking of, speaking of deals, um, how, uh, what's your, my confidence level. So when we talked, I guess it was last week and I think we did like a confidence meter on baseball by July one, Gun to your head. Who's, are we, are we playing on July? I think it was a July 4th. I can't remember. And I said, yes, you said no. And now I'm starting to waver on all this. Um, it's, I just, there's so many logistical things and I'm not even, I think the money thing would have, will eventually get figured out. It seems like in the things that we've heard that the owners, we tape on Tuesday. Um, and this is when the owners are supposed to give their kind of, rebuttal back to the players association after they kind of, you know, gave their rebuttal from the initial plan. And there does seem to be some concessions in there about not a 50, 50 revenue sharing, but perhaps some deferment of prorated salaries, blah, 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 that they're willing to, you know, kind of there's, there's some wiggle room on that, that they're working on. I just think about the, the sheer logistics of this thing, like just the number of tests, the, the bubble that they talk about, um, you know, I've heard rumblings about where I am in the, you know, as far as the bubble is concerned, I'm not in the bubble, but I'm like a tier, you know, two or three or something like bubble that adjacent. where I'm, yeah, you know, I'm the outs just on the outskirts of the bubble. Um, so anyway, it just seems like when you, when you talk about the travel that takes place and this isn't the NBA or the NHL, you don't have 10 games remaining in the regular season and a postseason, you know, that it would be not necessarily shortened, but it would be if it's all in one place. And you just, it, there's just so many factors when you're talking about trying to play an 80 game season as opposed to 10 games in a play, plus playoffs, you know, as opposed to finishing out a regular season. And then, oh, by the way, it, once you're, you know, in, in about two weeks, half of these teams are going to be out of the mix anyway. So that decreases your, the bu- size of your bubble. I mean, you know, it's just, it, Major League Baseball is in such a unique situation because not only do they have the most players involved, the most, you know, ancillary personnel involved and the most travel involved and the most games, but it's hitting at the worst possible time. Yeah. And, and on top of that, as a result of the arguments about money, it might not just be an 80 game season. It might bump up to a hundred because maybe that's how we solve the whole thing thing is players still get 50% of their salaries, but instead of playing 50% of the games, they play more games. So the owners get more income. That is something that I have also heard as a possibility. So it's, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. There's so much, and I've said this from day one, like it, the logistics, if they pull this off, it's going to be nothing short of a miracle. And I think everyone is incentivized to pull it off. I think they're going to do everything in their power to pull it off. I just... I think it goes one of two ways. I think either they scrap it. And if that happens, I believe it will be about money. I don't think that they will scrap it just based on some of the logistics that you're talking about. Um, the other potentially devastating uh, possibility is they come to an agreement, they do it. And then there's an outbreak and 
you start seeing players catching it. And, um, you know, I think because to pull this off without a hitch, to pull it off perfectly where nobody is infected, nobody passes along a disease and a hundred games are played and they somehow do it with no disasters. It seems impossible to me. Well, and I think too, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, Oh, they've got to play. They've got to play. It'll be a terrible look. And you know, the players will net that baseball won't recover from this, but I, I, I would hope that, and I, and I, this is a, it's a, you know, <laughs> pipe dream hope, but that people would think like, it's not just about money. And I know in having conversations with guys personally, that it's not just about money. I mean, I talked to Shin Chu the other day and he's like, he's legitimately, he's like, Emily, in, in Korea, if, when this happened, they, they follow the rules. They listen. We, we don't mess around with stuff like this. And here, if you start giving a little bit, it's going to be, it's going to go crazy. And that's what he's terrified of. He's afraid. I mean, he literally is. He's like, I worry about my family. I worry about my kids and, you know, and just kind of the, the, the bigger picture effect of this thing. And so yeah. he's, I mean, he's not talking about money. He doesn't, it's not, he's not saying, I mean, please, of all people, I mean, he's got plenty himself, but I mean, talk about a guy that has respect for the game. I mean, Shin Tzu Chu is at the top of my list. And so he's not talking about, you know, the business side of it. He's, he's legitimately health concerned, um, for those around him, for his family, for himself personally. Um, you know, same way when you talk to Elvis, he's, you know, he's got young kids and, there, they, there's so many unknowns about this thing. And, and while it seems like children aren't the, you know, aren't going to be the victims of it, you just don't know. And it's the, the unknown is what's so terrifying. Um, and so I, I would hope that people would see that, you know, those, these guys are, have legitimate concerns and they go beyond just money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and it's, you know, for, for guys that are in a position like Chu and, and Elvis who have been in the league long enough and they have made their money. I cannot imagine there being an incentive to play beyond just the everyday. Like that's what they do and that's what they love to do. But, but the risk it's, it becomes, you put it on a risk reward scale at that point. There's some risk. What's the reward? Um, whereas, you know, with younger players that are perhaps have been in the minor leagues their, their entire lives, this is their first year on a 40 man roster, or maybe they're, you know, finally going to get a paycheck where they can do things like rent a house by themselves and not have to live with six guys and sleep in the sink. Those guys, I can see where there would be a lot more incentive to play. And the risk at that point becomes, um, it's not less of a risk, but the reward for them becomes higher. So, I mean, I can definitely see both sides from a, from a player's standpoint where it's, even within the ranks of players, you're not all looking at it from exactly the same standpoint. Yeah. And it's not just, I'm so tired of the billionaires fighting with millionaires. Like it's not just that let's not pretend like this is, this is all just millionaires fighting with billionaires. It's, it's, there's way more layers to this thing. Um, to me, that's just tired. Well, we'll find out soon. Uh, I think we will, as, as you mentioned, I, the, the owners are supposed to present another, uh, Another idea or a, a proposal to the players union today. So probably by the time this thing comes out, we will, uh, this entire conversation will be like Microsoft update and be completely irrelevant. But, uh, but we'll find out soon. And I hope that there is baseball. Is that where I hope that? so too? I, yeah, I do. I do hope that there's baseball. I just hope it's, um, I, I hope they pull off the miracle. I hope they thread the needle and 
and I hope it works. But I'm also sitting here with my eyes closed and my chin in my hand, like doing breathing exercises when I try to think about the level of logistics that need to be pulled off. Yeah. In the meantime, hey, do you happen to know anyone who might be cooped up in one place with someone else for an extended period of time? Yeah, niche audience, I know. On the off chance that is you, you probably know this. It's important to smell good. You know this, I know this, even your dad knows this, but buying cologne sucks. Someone gets it for you, maybe as a hint that you smell like a locker room, and who even knows if you'll like it? Well, here's a solution. Hawthorne.co. You can go take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work and one for play. Already set for cologne, but you're looking to buy a Father's Day gift? Well, you can take the quiz for your dad, too, if you want. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. We have a guest. Let's, uh, let's, uh, Steve Miller Band has canceled on us, unfortunately, but, uh, but, Jake Kaplan is still here. He is our Astros beat writer, and he has had an interesting offseason. So let's uh, let's get to Jake. We are here now with Jake Kaplan. He is our Astros beat writer. Jake has the unfortunate privilege of sitting by me when when the Rangers travel to Houston. And uh, hey, Jake, good to good to hear your voice again. Great to hear your voice, and uh, yeah, I, it's a pleasure to sit next to you when TR doesn't steal my seat in in the press box, um, and I'm and I'm able to. But uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? We're hanging. hanging in. Yeah. We're hanging in. What's your like situation? Are you uh, are you living solo right now? Are you with family? Like, what's how are you holding up through all this? I, I'm doing okay. I am living solo in Houston. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a weird existence right now, but you know, grateful to to be healthy and um to be hopefully on getting closer to baseball and having a little bit more normalcy in my work life, but um yeah, personally it's it's been okay just uh like I said, I mean the biggest thing is relatively speaking I'm 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 good because I'm healthy. So that's kind of how I try to you know, remind myself when it's, when it is, uh, tough going. So what's been your kind of method of gathering information, news, staying in touch with players? What does that look like? And what have kind of, you know, the Astros been saying about the situation, uh, in general? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel like I early on realized that the players the current players might not have a ton to say right now. They're kind of in the same boat as the rest of us, um, just waiting. Um, so yeah, it's been kind of a lot of trial and error in terms of like figuring out what to write about. Um, I've done some looking back into the past, some writing about prospects, um, you know, but it's, it's, you know, the Astros, when you do talk to people there, it's, it's the same stuff you're hearing everywhere else. So there's not much to differentiate them from, um, in terms of like, uh, they don't have a different stance on, on this than anyone else. So, you know, it's been, it's been weird too, because they have a new GM, a new manager. So, um, you know, I don't really know either of them well. Um, fortunately, they've both been available, uh, to the media during this, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, my methods kind of all over the place, just trying to 
get by week to week by week with with having something to to give the readers um and it's it's kind of been different every week honestly so jake obviously the big talk of the entire sport this off season was the the trash can banging scandal and all of the fallout from that as you already mentioned the astros have a new manager a new general manager um but beyond just the the uh, controversy and all of the scandal how are the how are the astros in your opinion, how are they set up for this year? You know, there's that is a lot of turmoil. They are, I guess, the presumptive favorites in the West, but the Angels made some big moves. They brought in Anthony Rendon. Um, are the Astros still the favorite, in your opinion? I mean, is it sort of a situation where the fa- they are the favorite until somebody takes it from them? Yeah, I think they have the best roster in the West, in the AL West. Um, I think it was going to be a huge unknown how they would have reacted to the psychological challenge that this season would have presented with, with fans in the stands, you know, all the booing everywhere they go. I think that was like, you can't predict how they're going to react to that. Um, so whether they would live up to the, you know, their roster, their, their talent level, I, I don't know. Now, now that it's at best going to be a shortened season with no fans in the stands. Um, you know, I think obviously they, they, their odds of of winning the division and winning a World Series go down just because it's going to be an extended expanded playoffs and presumably and you know less games. But um, you know I, I think the no fans in the stands thing is probably a uh, you know they on the road uh, good for them you know in that respect. So I don't know. I, I still think they have the best roster, but it's because of the situation. It's it's there's might be more variance in terms of like whether they can withstand the, the the psychological part of it and and uh, live up to their talent level. So, you know, with that, you know, you talk about the fans in the stands. I mean, not to say there's a beneficiary of COVID-19 because that's definitely not the case, but they're not going to feel the wrath of, you know, of those fans. Do you think um, that's a relief to them? Is that something that they've talked about or is that something that's absolutely unspoken and do you ever think they'll get it i mean when when fans do come back in the stands do you think they'll conjure up those memories and uh and kind of unleash yeah i still think they'll they'll get it i mean it's you know if i i think fans have a pretty good memory and i think that you know hopefully fans are back in the stands next year uh and i'm sure that they will not forget about the astros when when they are um yeah, but it's it's also weird too, right? Because like by by then it might only be a few members of the 2017 Astros still on the Astros and even now it's not there's a lot of players who have gone elsewhere. Um so it was it's kind of an interesting dynamic like they're they're booing it seems like to me they're booing the, the uniform more than the actual players because in spring training they're booing players who are in like double A, right? Like it's um, I don't know. It's just a weird, it was, the whole thing was weird. And then like, it, it seemed like to me, the players who were gone, like Marwin Gonzalez on the twins, you don't really hear about him getting booed or, or some of the other players who have gone elsewhere. So it's, it's almost like they're, they're booing the Astros more than the players themselves who, who, who cheated. And, um, I think that'll continue whenever fans are back in the stands, honestly. Wow. So not only, not only is there a cheating scandal, then a lot of the guys that are responsible for it just, 
leave that problem to somebody else who was not even responsible. Almost what it seemed like. Uh, that actually does lead me to another question, which is Carlos Correa. Um, he, it, it seems like there's always just been this underlying sense of he's not going to stay with the Astros. And at least that's what we kind of hear up here that there's been some, uh, maybe, maybe some people in his camp feel that he's been a little disrespected by the organization. Then there was the trade rumors when we were in. Gosh, where were the winter meetings? San Diego in the winter meetings this year. Uh, there was sort of a, a, a rumor that came to light that, that the Astros were at least entertaining offers, um, for, for Correa. It, I guess my biggest question about all of that is why? Is he not as good as I think he is? Like, why would the Astros be willing to part with him? It seems like he would be one of the ones that they would want to keep. Yeah, well, so he's got two years left, and um, he, when he plays, he's really good, but he's missed significant amounts of time in three consecutive seasons. So I think if you looked at his overall um, production the last couple of years, it, it might surprise you. I mean, in terms of just like overall value, he just hasn't stayed healthy. So I don't think they were ever seriously like close to trading him, but I think because they had a need – um, at, on, in starting pitching, um, and their lineup is still pretty stacked that they were thinking if there was a way to maybe, uh, attach him to a Josh Reddick's contract and get also get a starting pitcher back, um, that would make some sense. But I don't think they were ever, it was ever likely. And I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think anything was ever close, but I, I think that would have, would have been the reasoning is you can, you can, get some starting pitching help and also maybe some payroll flexibility. But um, in the end, they ended up just basically keeping everyone and, and didn't really do much in the off season before uh, Jeff Luno got fired in, in January. Uh, it was more just kind of tinkering on the margins for them. But I think it's probably going to be a question they have to revisit next off season, right? Is, you know, do you, do you, their farm system's pretty weak right now. Do you, do you trade Correa to try to replenish that? Um, kind of like the Red Sox with Mookie Betts or, um, do you, do you keep him for that last year of, of team control and, and try to resign him after? Okay. So my question, and I've wondered this since Justin Verlander, uh, you know, came on with that team. Whose, whose team is this? Is this Jose Altuve's team? Is this Verlander's team? Where, where who's, who's the guy in the room? I still think it's Altuve, um, just because he was the guy who was there for all the the years they were terrible and and came out on the other side as the the superstar player. Um, I'm not sure that it, the dynamic is as as such where they have like one leader per se in the clubhouse, but if I were to pick one person as to whose team it is, I would still say Jose Altuve. Makes sense. I'm looking at Correa's numbers now, and after you know 4.8 wins above replacement his rookie year. 7.0, 6.6, but you're right. The last two years, 2.7 and 3.5 with all the time that he missed. So that, uh, that certainly makes more sense than I would have, would have thought beforehand. And they, and they do have the option of, you know, sliding Alex Bregman over from third base to shortstop. If they did that, they have Abraham Toro ready to play third base. Ledmus Diaz can play third base. So I think that they have, it was more like if you were to trade from a surplus to, to acquire pitching, uh, I think that was mostly the thing. Makes sense. So if the Astros do win whatever shortened season we have this year, whatever the World Series looks like, if they do 
I'm giving you a fill in the blank. If they do win, it will be because of blank. And if they don't win, it will be because of blank. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, like the big question with them is, is, is rotation. So they have Verlander and Grinky at the top and then Lance McCullers coming off Tommy John, who was going to be on an innings limit this year. So this actually means that he could probably pitch a full season. So that helps them. Um, but then after that, it's a bunch of question marks. So I think if they do win, it's, it's that their starting pitching was better than we realized, uh, from a, uh, depth standpoint. Uh, and if they don't, um, it's probably just the, I mean, there's going to be so much on, un- un- you know, so much variance in postseason. You know, it's always unpredictable and the best team doesn't always win. Uh, but if you expand the field, it's going to be like crazy. So if they don't win, it could be a million different reasons why, right? How do you see the managerial change? How do you see those pieces fitting together when you contrast the, the personalities, um, you know, of, you know, the old and the new? Yeah, it's, it's tough for me to say. I, I was only in spring training for like 12 days and then I was supposed to go back the day of the shutdown. So I didn't get a ton of time to like really observe how players were taking to Dusty Baker. Um, but he's obviously well respected in there and everyone, you know, he's ever, he, Everyone knows him and he knows everyone. He's just one of those people that is easy to talk to. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I think AJ Hinch was really beloved and respected in that clubhouse. And obviously they had their best years with him. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And it, I think maybe some of it depends on like how much you think a manager actually changes a win loss total in a year also, but. Uh, yeah, from, from like a, uh, how the players are adjusting to him, it was, you know, I kind of, I would probably have to punt on an answer to that and get back to you down the road because I just didn't get a, a huge sample size to really observe that. I have a question for you, Jake, about the rotation because obviously Garrett Cole is gone. You've got Verlander and Granky at the top of the rotation. Who uh, of the rest of these guys do you think gets, I mean, is it Framber Valdez? Is it Jose Arquiti? Is it, uh, What's the other kid that I'm looking at? Josh James. Like I know he pitched in relief last year, but he was a starter in the minor leagues. Is it all three of those guys? Yeah. So when spring training was still going on, Verlander got hurt. And so at that point it was looking like all those guys would be in. Um, now that he has time to recover, you can probably pencil him in, you know, to, to the top again where he would have been. So you're looking at Verlander, Grinky McCullers, and then, it it seemed like Josh, I mean Jose Arquiti was pretty much in. Um, like it would have taken a lot for him to to pitch his way out of it. So then the fifth spot was kind of shaping up to be Josh James, Framber Valdez, or Austin Pruitt. And by the time spring was ending, or or the the brief spring was ending, uh, James had taken a, a clear lead on the other one. So I, I would think James uh, would be the guy there. He was actually having a really good spring, and the, Brent Strom was really excited about him. But at the same time, now with all this layoff, like, who knows? Like, I I, I, keep, I don't think we're talking about it enough how many, like, new injuries we're going to see, right? Because um, – and maybe it's more in position players than pitchers because they're going from – you know, I'm assuming pitchers have been throwing throughout this whole thing, but who knows what position players, the soft tissue injuries. I, I just, I don't, I think there's going to be like, 
you know, we, we at the athletic like to project rosters, right? And I, I think there's going to be a lot of tweaks throughout whatever this abbreviated spring training is on projecting rosters, because I, I think we're going to see some new injuries. So we've asked this of pretty much everybody we've talked to. And, and I think it's, we've seen kind of a, um, a pretty clear, uh, trend as far as like how players are reacting. Um, and it's been kind of, you're in not one of two camps cause I'm sure there's more, but it seems like the young guys without the families are, you know, chomping at the bit, ready to go. Not even, not that they're not asking questions, but they're like, yeah, whatever it takes. So, yeah. Let's just start playing. Whereas the guys with, with families seem to be in a, a completely different boat. Is that reflective mm-hmm. within the Astros organization? Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, I think I haven't talked to a ton of guys about it. Um, you know, I think, I think pl- younger players realize also that they only have a, f- a few years to really build a career and make money in this game, right? Most guys don't get to the free agency. They, you know, even arbitration is tough to get to. So, um, I think because of that, that's might contribute to a reason why a younger player might have less questions also, but, um, I'm, I'm curious to see, just like everyone else, if there's players who decide, you know, they don't want to play, um, and take the risk. And I, I can't blame them if they do that. But in terms of the Astros specifically, I, I haven't talked to enough of the players to, to really get a handle on if there's, um, any divide there between who, who would play, who wouldn't play. I, I think, um, I'm kind of expecting that most would play unless I hear otherwise. Well, Jake, uh, I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for catching us up on all things Astros. Yeah, I wish there was more to catch you up I on. I mean, there's nothing up here either, so. Hopefully yeah. soon. Hopefully soon. Who knows? Sometime. How about that? Well, it seems like a big week here for, the, you know, in terms of figuring out if there's going to be a season. So hopefully, um, by the end of this week, we'll have some, some more optimism going around. All right, man. I'm in on that. Take care. We will uh, see you when we're back. Thanks for having me on, guys. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. There's no synthetic colors, no artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash athletic. That's drinkhydrant.com slash athletic for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash athletic. All right, thanks for joining us here on Welcome to the Hit Show. Next week, we have Corey Brock, our Mariners beat writer, who will help us wrap up our Around the AL West series. Take care, stay safe, we'll see you next week.